Chapter Four of Neighbours by Florence Morse Kingsley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Why, Miss Malvina, stammered the girl, I didn't know. Mm hmm, confirmed the little dressmaker. Tain't nobody else, and tain't my ghost neither. If you'll step into the reception parlour, madam, simpered the tall woman, adjusting her frizzes. I shall be at liberty as soon as I've finished with a lady in the fitting department. Miss Bennet, her equanimity fully restored for some reason which she would have found it difficult to explain, stepped boldly past the round-eyed girl. Why, yes, she said, I shan't mind setting a spell while you're finishing off that lady's fitting in the department you were speaking of. Her keen eyes were busy with the woman's dress, noting a straining seam under one arm, the slanting sag of the skirt over the left hip, and the way in which certain showy trimmings had been applied to the waist. The maker of robes appeared in no haste. She stood eyeing Miss Bennet's small person doubtfully. "'You'll find the latest fashion magazines on the stand,' she said, indicating a speciously varnished table, littered with riotously coloured presentments of long-limbed ladies. "'Thank you, Mrs. Hobbs, but I'm pretty tolerable familiar with the spring styles,' returned Miss Bennet easily. "'You're the new dressmaker, I presume?' "'I am Madame Louise to the public,' stated the tall lady. "'Wanna know?' chirped Miss Bennet. "'Well, to the public and other folks, too, I'm Miss Malvina. Maybe you've heard of me?' The tall lady shook her head. She was a stranger in Innisfield, she said, simpering and twisting her long neck to look sideways at Miss Bennet, who continued to sway back and forth in a rocking chair with great apparent enjoyment. "'Well,' explained Miss Bennet, I just stopped in, I won't say friendly, but I thought I should like to take a look over some of your sewing. I don't care if it ain't more than half finished off. All I want is to cast my eye casual over what you call a robe. You would like to examine some of my work? That's what I said, Louisa. I'd like to take a look at the inside of one of your dress waists and take a squint at the way you finish off your plackets and like that, same as if I was going to have one of them robes made up for myself. You don't mind, I suppose? Why, no. I don't know as I have any objections to showing you an unfinished garment, hesitated the woman, though your request is rather unusual. Most ladies trust my taste and skill. "'You don't say,' commented Miss Bennet. "'That don't strike me like good or sense, seeing no lady in Innisfield knows you. I should think it would be a real good idea to have a sample robe to show inquirers.' Madame Louise appeared curiously disconcerted by the suggestion. She murmured something incoherent, which Miss Bennet dismissed with an airy gesture. "'What, your customer?' she said briskly. I shan't mind settin' for a spell. I got plenty to think about. Mrs. Hobbs scuttled hurriedly behind a dingy red hanging, which afforded Miss Bennet a fleeting glimpse of a female figure in the familiar déshabille of the fitting room. My gracious, she murmured to herself, 
if that ain't miss obed salter oh, if she should catch me in here twould be all over town by supper time for an instant the little dressmaker meditated cowardly flight then she stiffened herself resolutely i don't care if she does she told herself let the whole of em talk i'll tell miss salter right out what i'm after if she asks me i ain't a-going to take no back seat in this ere town anyway it'll be cheap advertising pleased with this conceit miss malvina continued to sway placidly back and forth her ears brazenly alert for scraps of the conversation which floated out from the curtained seclusion of the fitting-room do you think i need any padding in under my left shoulder blade inquired mrs salter's thin nasal voice i generally have some right there where my chest kind of caved in i ain't had no lung to speak of on that side for years and years the doctor says i'm a livin miracle madame louise's reply was inaudible and mrs salter presently went on i've had most of my suits made up by a dressmaker here in town but she ain't got no more idea of style miss malvina's thin face crimsoned with indignation she leaned forward eagerly in her chair to hear mrs hobbs comment to the effect that country dressmakers were generally lacking in style we're so glad and thankful you come to innisfield pursued mrs salter soulfully how'd it happen uh, what oh me coming here inquired mrs hobbs whose utterance indicated a mouthful of pins mm. <clears throat> well of course i wouldn't mention it to everybody mm. but i've seen better days mrs salter mm -hmm. Um, time was when i had my own costumes imported from paris for the land's sake ejaculated mrs salter from paris oh i want no but i always had such taste so when my dear husband if you'll just turn round a little that's right now um, <clears throat> i guess we're through for to-day oh, no no don't come to-morrow there's a lot of ladies coming to-morrow the day after no i'm sorry i really couldn't promise mrs salter i'm so rushed a pause filled with active rustlings from within presaged mrs salter's advent into the outer room where sat miss bennett her features composed to a strong calm oh well i never faltered the wife of the grocer her lavender tinted complexion becoming curiously spotted with red you seem surprised to see me miss salter commented miss bennett well you could not be down with the feather panted mrs salter i declare ain't that funny well as it happens i got business with louisa same as you have miss malvina turned to the proprietor of the new establishment with a dignity which appeared to propel mrs obed salter out of the door and down the stairs though quite against that lady's will now she said addressing the puzzled mrs hobbs i'll just take a look at the suit you're making up for mrs obed salter it'll be as good as another as far as i'm concerned mrs hobbs sat down rather suddenly oh i ain't used to standing <laughs> she explained 
these long fittings tire me something fierce miss bennett nodded sagaciously guess you ain't been long in the business she inferred no no not so long acknowledged mrs hobbs but then i always had such a lot of taste she added oh, there's plenty of folks can brag a taste that can't feller seem to save their neck from the gallows commented miss bennett darkly she continued to gaze at her rival who blinked uneasily as if under a searchlight if you was wanting a dress made offered mrs hobbs i guess i can't accommodate you oh not for a month anyway i guess i took in too much as it is and all of them hurrying me she added fretfully Whew, ejaculated miss bennett maybe they won't pester you no more after the first dress you make up for em that's what i'm afraid of murmured mrs hobbs unexpectedly and quite unexpectedly too she began to dab at her purplish lids with a dingy handkerchief. "'I never supposed. I hadn't an idea,' she said, and broke off with an obvious effort. "'I sat up until one o'clock last night and the night before, trying to finish some dresses, but—' "'Oh, for goodness sake! Why don't you get in some help?' demanded Miss Bennett you don't look to me like you had the gumption to whirl in and really so i've got lots of taste and style almost whimpered mrs hobbs oh, but i'm so nervous and when they all take to hurrying me miss bennett arose with a gesture of large renunciation i guess i must be going along she said i got a few things to do myself but thank the lord i ain't nervous and never was if a body knows how to handle their job and gets busy doing it they don't have no time to tend to their nerves i'm real glad i come to see you miss hobbs mrs hobbs followed her visitor's quick bird-like movements with lacklustre eyes you was speaking of my getting in somebody to help she said doubtfully do you would you tell me of anybody miss bennett stopped short as if forcibly arrested by the other woman's question how much would you pay she asked in a queer half-stifled voice for a real dressmaker i mean one that knows their business from a tizzard and ain't afraid to whirl in and work oh, there's a friend of mine oh i might get her to uh, to help you out for a spell maybe miss bennett felt herself deeply humiliated by the suggestion she had allowed to escape her that she malvina bennett who had run her own shop for years and years should be reduced to begging for work by the day it was unbelievable it was dreadful and yet there were the three insistent spectres of rent fuel and food which had haunted her night and day through weeks of comparative idleness and there was ma if i could only hold on till fall she was telling herself when mrs hobbs broke in eagerly send your friend round the first thing in the morning i'd be only too pleased to pay her two dollars and a half a day if she's what you say miss malvina was silent 
her eyes fastened blindly upon the doorknob clutched tight in the grip of her slippery cotton glove she could feel her ears burn crimson under mrs hobbs watery gaze well three times six is eighteen computed mrs hobbs yes i declare i'd make it three a day for a while anyway i just got to do something or go raving crazy miss malvina hastily swallowed the round hard lump which had risen in her throat well i'll tell you miss hobbs she hesitated i uh, i spoke kind of hasty my friend hers i was speaking of oh wouldn't hear to going out with the day oh no and i don't believe she'd even come to your shop to see you neither but if i uh, if i was to fetch the work home to her evenings when i ain't busy myself i bet she could do some a number one work for you she can sew uh, what do you say to trying her oh, on a dress waist or like that if you don't like her work twon't cost you a red cent if you do it'll be three dollars a day same as you said and regular hours mrs hobbs gripped her visitor's arm oh come in my workroom just for a minute she urged once behind the breastworks of mrs hobbs establishment miss malvina gasped with the wonder of what she beheld chairs tables even the floor bore evidence of overwhelming success in the shape of inchoate garments of every description a couple of headless figures purporting to counterfeit the female form divine exhibited the more finished products of mrs hobbs genius while a soiled teacup a dispirited dab of butter and a broken loaf shared the table with a lavish supply of spools buttons and parti-coloured trimmings for the land's sake cried miss malvina rolling up her eyes to an unjust heaven there's work here enough for a dozen dressmakers a working day and night for a month what on earth did you take it all in for mrs hobbs gazed about her with a sort of mournful pride the ladies kept coming she said and i hardly knew where to draw the line but i haven't sat down to a regular meal since the first day i came miss malvina sealed up her complex emotions with a prolonged sniff i might as well take a dress waist now she remarked which will it be mrs hobbs reflected her frizzled head supported on one dingy hand well said she i hardly know where to begin there's mrs bucksmith oh no that ain't the name um i look it up in the book she's a large lady and she says she wants her dress for divine worship next sunday that's it on the figure there i'm making up a costume for her daughter too oh miss malvina permitted herself to utter and then she sniffed again do you mean to tell me that that there brown and purple is for miss buckthorn i suppose that's what you call a robe <laughs> stylish ain't it <laughs> said mrs hobbs i copied it right off a fashion plate the very latest from cher paris her paris we call it on this side of the water condescended mrs hobbs if you could take that and 
persuade your friend to finish it off all right said miss malvina briefly i'll take it along right now under cover of the gathering dusk she hurried homeward the large flat parcel containing mrs buckthorn's brown and purple robe under her arm i ain't a goin to let ma starve she told herself defiantly i'll finish em off honest oh but land what a set of scarecrows will be comin out of the church by and by i shall admire to see em settin in the pews End of chapter 4